Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our wrestling podcast. So, without further ado, the following podcast is scheduled for one ball, and today's topic. Who the hell is this? What the hell? Who the hell do you think you are, Leopard? Where did you go? Who the hell is this? What the hell is your name, son? Who do you think you are, huh? I'm John Cena. Oh, really, John Cena? So what quality do you think you have coming out here to interrupt me announcing this podcast, huh, big guy? Huh? Ruthless aggression. Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess. No. And Cuz. Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, the Ruthless Aggression Ruthless. Era. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019 and you can click on Linktree. You can find us in several spots, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. What else did you put us on yet, cuz? There's some new ones, right? Stitcher. Stitcher. Stitcher is another one. There you go. Uh, Guys, this is a fun time because, from my understanding, there's going to be a fantastic new DVD out about the Ruthless ruthless Aggression Era. And uh, we're pretty excited about it. That's why we chose this topic today, right? There's a... by the time you hear this, it should already be out. It's actually going to be a documentary on the network, um, but it should release. We're recording this on what the Valentine's Day, huh? Oh, that's man. right. Yeah. We're all so in we're, trouble for but that one. I want to say it's going to release this weekend, if not next weekend. I could be wrong. But by the this time Sunday. you hear this, it'll be. It's this Sunday. Oh yeah, so this Sunday. So by the time you hear this episode, it'll be out. And um, yeah, I mean, so we kind of wanted to be topical with it since WWE was putting out a documentary on it. We figured we would cover it as well because it's kind of it just recently to me. I started watching it on social media being brought up more and more Uh, for a long time. It wasn't talked about. And then now people are kind of speaking fondly, just like with everything. As time goes on, I don't view the ruthless aggression area as a classic era, because in my mind, like 1987 was yesterday, just because that's how old we're getting. That's how fast time's going. But um, it actually was a long time ago, the Ruthless Aggression Era. So a lot of people that became fans during that era are now looking back, and that's their rock and 80s, or that's their Attitude Era. That's how advanced in time we're getting, guys, is like, you know, the, the Attitude Era now is becoming ancient. You know, I mean, it's like ancient, ancient, way back <laughs> in the Attitude Era. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy to talk way like that. Then. Yeah, we're talking about 02 to 2008. I mean, now the decade has been over, or sorry, the era has been over for over 12 years, and it started... Gosh, just under 20, you know, 18 years ago. I mean, that's pretty crazy when you think about the time frame, you know. And uh, as we we all know, right, this is a cool down period between the Attitude Era and that Monday Night Raw war era. So this is basically what happens is we, we know at this point WCW is dead. It's, it's dead as dead can be. Dead. Dead. Stupid. But, uh, you know, so June 24th of 2002, Vince McMahon actually names the era the ruthless aggression uh, during a promo on Raw. I heard it. Years ago, I took on every wrestling promoter throughout North America. I kicked every one of their asses. And why? Not because I was an asshole. No, no. Uh, and there's a lot going on here, right? A lot of the big boys are taken off for several reasons. The Rock's going towards Hollywood. We know Austin's in-ring career is pretty much winding down. Um, and then you've got uh, you've got all this influx of new talent coming in, especially with ECW and WCW, because like you said, where are they going to go? The funny thing about it, though, Jesse, you correct me if I'm wrong, the really big names that you would think were coming didn't come because they had all those contracts that still had to be worn out, right? So That's right. it wasn't the names you would expect that you saw on WCW Nitro every single week. So you're getting names, which we all know now, but they weren't as big as they were then. So you're talking, you know, um, you know, people like Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, 
uh, Ray Mysterio, Booker T was probably the biggest one, right? And then uh, then you got the the guys that are that are still large guys, like physical, but they weren't top of the roster yet, like John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, Edge, Shelton Benjamin, RVD was there. It's it's funny to when you think about this time, John Cena was a mid card. You know, I don't even know. Like when I look at all those names, I'm like, how how was this not the greatest wrestling era ever? When I look at just those names, not even the not even the ones that were there from the Attitude Era, which Triple H was still there. Steve Austin, his in ring career ended at WrestleMania of 03, uh, which is Mania 19. Uh, The Rock was still there, and then you just named that whole slew of people that I'm like, holy shit! Like I don't. What what where is there a bad name in there? Benoit, Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, Booker T, John Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, Edge, Shelton Benjamin might be the weakest, but it's a crime He's that he is the great. weakest. <laughs> and and, R- and RVD, like fuck, like right. I don't even know. Is there a bad name in that bunch? Like, and I didn't even talk. We're going to talk about it later, but I didn't even talk about Lesnar. I didn't even <laughs> talk about you know. There's we're still talk Angle about, and Jericho and all yeah, that. Angle's still there and Jericho, Jericho's yeah. there and like yeah, it's crazy. Like the best the, I. And I want to be honest, I I wasn't I, I'm going to choose my words carefully you better. I <laughs> hate cuz um, I I wasn't super fond of the ruthless aggression era because I was still suffering a big hangover at the time. I'm talking about at the time. Yeah, I was still suffering a big hangover from the Monday Night War attitude era. I mean, it was so vicious and like the competition and everything yeah. and. You know, like it was craziness and just the way 2001 was. And, you know, it was like, I don't when it all started coming down and it had to. You would think that the promotion that won the war would just still ride off into the sunset, putting up record numbers. But of course, when competition goes away, ratings are going to go down naturally. And it, it started to happen here. So I was a little bit more of like a numbers guy. And I was a little bit more of like, oh, you know, raw slipping a little bit or whatever, especially as we got into uh, like, oh, three where the big thing about 03 was WrestleMania 19 was a great WrestleMania. Yes. And if you look at all the names on WrestleMania 19, you should, well, this buy rate's going to be huge, but it was really like the, like the second WrestleMania after the buyout happened. You know, 2001 is when WCW was bought. WrestleMania 18 was kind of mainly known for Hulk and the Rock. You know, it was kind of a one-match show or two-match show. There was a couple of good matches on there. But Mania 19 had like, the Hulk and Vince payoff, the yes. Rock and Austin final match, uh, Lesnar being the new guy de- dethroning Kurt Angle. Uh, it had Guerrero on there, um, Mysterio, uh, Benoit, Undertaker was on there. I mean, you got Booker T against Triple H, like on and on. But for some reason, the buy rate for 19 wasn't that big. So big, in fact, a little side note is that Hulk kind of left the promotion for a couple months because he was so pissed off about his WrestleMania 19 payday, as Hulk Brother. usually does. Um, so him and his beer can penis to, went somewhere oh, else. There you go. That's what I was going to say. So, calm down, Dave. Are we, are we talking facts? We're talking facts. We've got to bring the beer can penis into stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> Here just, we go. It's go. like Hulk's little partner. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. he just, it's always coming Penis around. aggression you know, era, brother. It's on the back of his Harley with him or in his pocket. Either way, a really big yeah. pocket. But so like it, 19 penis, with penis, all those penis. big names and how good it was. Jericho and Michaels at 19. Like so the whole card was fucking stacked. But, um, yeah, it's been kind of known that it didn't put up the buy rate that they thought it would. So it just it really shows that the lack of competition because Vince bought everything in sight um, does hurt. It doesn't even matter how many good names you have. I'm not saying they were doing, oh, my God, God awful business in 2003. But I mean, like they were trying to figure stuff out. And I know, Dave, you're going to get into a certain split we're going to talk about. Sure. But they had to do it in this era. For I the think, reasons that we're talking about, because yeah, it's so goddamn loaded. Well, the, the thing is, is competition breeds ratings, right? We we know that. And at this point, you know, Vince killed everybody. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, there's, you know, there's independent, you know, promotions out there, but that's not even the same thing of what of what we're even talking about, right? So, um, so what Vince has to do, and honestly, in hindsight, it's not a bad idea if they just stick with some certain things, but... You know, Vince decides like, well, let's let's create our own competition, right? And that's where Vince has to define both Raw and SmackDown as separate promotions. So, um, especially when you've got so much talent too, it, it's really not a bad idea. There was so much influx of talent from WCW and ECW coming in that Vince created what they called the first brand split, where each brand would have their own separate rosters. Um, and at this point, they they had their own separate champions, I believe, with the exception of the 
WWF championship at the time. Well, right? no, that was the weird thing is like the WWE Universal Championship was won by Brock Lesnar in SummerSlam of 02. Mm-hmm. And um, and shortly after that, before they even did the brand extension, Stephanie McMahon was kind of watching over SmackDown and Bischoff was watching over Raw. So they were, of course, feuding with each other. And then I remember distinctly a particular episode of Raw where Lesnar was leaving in the limo with Stephanie and Paul Heyman and Bischoff coming out going, where are you going? What are you doing? And he's I don't know if it was she said the announcement or Heyman or Lesnar, but one of them said, I'm just going to SmackDown. It's better place. This this Universal Championship is going to be exclusive only on SmackDown. You know, I, I, I'm just curious, you're right, tonight is a historic night on Raw, and I couldn't miss it, but Triple H is the number one contender for what? What do you mean exactly? for what? For the Undisputed Heavyweight Championship of the World. You know the deal. The champion wrestles on both shows. No, no, Eric. It's the champion's prerogative which show he wrestles on, and I happen to pay Brock Lesnar a whole lot of money to be an exclusive to SmackDown. So you can watch us Thursday night. Let's go, guys. Oh, but one other thing, Eric, you know, tonight... Wait a minute. Triple H, you may recognize this world championship because you were the last man to officially wear it. It's been worn by some of the greatest champions in the history of this industry. And now, Triple H, it will be again, because, ladies and gentlemen, your new world champion, Triple H! So after that, it forced them to bring the big gold belt, the old NWA Heavyweight Championship, out of retirement. And, who and they called it belt? the world, <laughs> that's when they developed the World Heavyweight Championship, not the yep. WWE or WWF, the World Heavyweight Championship, which, instead of having a tournament for it, and at Triple H what was like the do? lead heel on Raw at the time. Bischoff just fucking handed it to Triple H. I think why I don't remember this period so fondly is because I remember for like 2003 and 2004, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, cuz, but SmackDown was fucking heads and shoulders better than SmackDown Raw. SmackDown was the best. It really was. I think the best Raw show. Raw was fucking terrible. Um, Raw was putting on good wrestling. Ma- Honestly. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And Raw was putting on good wrestling matches, but SmackDown yes. had great storylines and fucking killer character development and killer wrestling matches because Paul Heyman matches. was one of the top. Paul well, Heyman was, was one gonna, of the head writers. I was yep. going to say, um, you know, Paul Heyman's, and I might get my ass kicked for this one, but Paul Heyman's best work, in, in my opinion, may not be ECW in itself. It might be this time on SmackDown. It is. It's this time. Well, because he went, yeah, he went to the big time and he showed that he could do it. I mean, I think. And he took, he, and he took talent that quite frankly, nobody else wanted with the exception of a few guys. Of course you want Brock. Brock's big, but he, he made the big show look like the big, like, like Nathan a big Jones, giant beast Matt again. Morgan, all those guys. I will yeah. still say to, to this day, uh, nobody has used the big show better than Paul Heyman. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. And it, was, and it was during this era. And then at, at that time too, I believe you even, you still had angle on. Yeah. You did have angle on it because they had, they had matches. With, angle. with Brock and Angle that were some just some of the and drag also, down also again correct me yeah. if I'm wrong I remember A Train being yes. a decent threat he to was, Brock Lesnar's title yeah. at the time that's when Brock because it was like A Train the- and the Big Show were like a team kind of they were like a partners or whatever and like it's just ridiculous about how like how Paul Heyman knew what to do with giants and knew what the basic dynamic between what a face and a heel should be like. And he, and he knew Brock Lesnar. He's like Brock Lesnar for a long time. He just understood him and knew how to use him. It's like, God, like I just remember this period. It was so bittersweet for me because I thought raw was so terrible for the most part during ruthless aggression. And well, they were, they were slow on the upkeep. Heyman, Heyman knew what to do. And Heyman, Heyman already had an idea and Heyman would be like, Oh, you don't want that guy. He would kind of play his cards close and go, well, I'll I'll take him on my show. I I, I, I got got something for him. You know, I want to say the head writer of raw. Wasn't it Brian Gershowitz or something like that? It was actually not bad. Brian Gershowitz was decent, um, but he just wasn't a Paul Heyman. He just wasn't. Yeah. I mean, Rob that, that's still a, that, I, I still believe but, to this day that that's 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 and it, well, it would ultimately actually fuck Paul Heyman because even though he was doing really well, like uh, he clashed with Vince constantly behind the scenes because Vince is Vince, and uh, it led into I don't want to steal your thunder, Dave, You're but fine. it led into 2005 where some other brand kind of got revitalized because yeah. of the fact that oh. that Vince didn't want to lose him. But Vince got sick and tired of him because even though Paul Heyman was killing it on SmackDown, the ratings were great. The storylines were incredible. All the matches were awesome. 
Um, I think Vince just did. He doesn't like talk back. He doesn't like push back. So like it, Paul Heyman challenged him all the time and Vince hated it. So um, uh, that k- kind of shoots down the theory of people like, no, Vince loves, uh, you know, when you're against him or whatever. Like mm, maybe Paul Heyman was a little bit aggressive, but I, re- I do recall almost every time that somebody kind of goes against Vince, he finds a way to tone him down or get rid of him. Like it's always been a Vince thing. Yeah. Here, some of those, some of those exceptions are with talent. I mean, you know, it's usually the talent that can get away with that, but you're, we're talking about people. We're talking about, you know, guys in the back trying to, and that doesn't, that doesn't fly. I don't care what anybody says. And I, and I've been a part of environments like that. If you're a sales guy in a, in a certain place, uh, they tend not to mess with the sales guys because if you fuck with them and they do shitty, that's your fault because you got in their head, right? So you leave them alone. You leave the talent alone. That's what they say. Yeah. But the people behind the talent, they get fucked with all the time. <laughs> it's just the way it is, man. Yeah. Like they get tinkered with. It's always their fault. You know, they're assholes. They disagree with everything that I try to do. And disagreement, quite frankly, is probably some of the best things that would come down in an environment, especially like that or, or work environment, as long as it's healthy discussion. But I think the problem is it's always unhealthy. It's always poison. Um, in those environments. And uh, unfortunately, Heyman had vision and, you know, Vince's vision is almost always different from everybody else's, you know, um, unless he could take credit for it indirectly later. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, which he's done, but, you know, no, no fault of his. I mean, the coolest thing would be like, wow, this is working. Um, do, do what you do, Paul. Um, I'll stay out of your way for a while until I don't like it. And, but he, uh, Vince just can't do that. He can't, that's his biggest weakness. He can't just lay off it. He has to. He has to. He has to stick his finger right in the middle of the potato salad, you know. That's what he does. That's right. I, I, I rub my thumb in there good and hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. What, yeah. What's happening? So in the, in 2005, WWE actually releases oh, yeah. a DVD set of the rise and fall of ECW. Right. It did so well that RVD started pushing Vincent Man to bring back ECW for this one time oh, reunion show no. called. ECW one night oh, stand. No. Oh, fine. Like, yeah, it was, it was probably that annoying too. It wasn't like anything like a, bro, a, bro. a, a, a total professional, like business presentation. It was bro, like Vince on. would get out of the limo to come into the office in the morning and he'd be like, Oh, Hey Vince. Like just, he just happens to be there. And Vince is like, Oh, Hey Rob. And he's like, what about ECW? What do you think? Uh, it's doing well, right? Like in every fucking day, like <laughs> Vince will be like, oh, finally alone in my office. Oh, someone's calling me. Hello. Hey, buddy. Hey, bro. Fuck. Like it's just like everywhere. Like he's, RVD's everywhere. He's in the shower and all of a sudden he just smells fucking ganja coming in the bathroom. <laughs> Vince is all do-do-do, <laughs> like scrubbing his balls and everything. He's like, hey, buddy, do you want me to get that for you? And he's like, oh, fuck, Rob, no. Like, okay, fine. I'll revitalize ECW. Fine. He, he fine. Over, like, it, over at a joint. Yeah. They had a joint. And, and, we talked and about in, the proce- in the process, we know that he gives yeah. Heyman full control of the pay-per-view for one night stand. Uh, and on June 12, 2005, that pay-per-view took place. It was a oh, massive success. This ain't WCW. This ain't Monday Night Raw. This ain't SmackDown. This ain't even WWE. This, my friends, is ECW. So good that in June of 2006, WWE ran a second ECW one night stand pay-per-view and then used that to launch a weekly ECW TV show on the sci-fi channel. Now here's where it gets, you know, Jess's notes are very brief here, but it says ultimately it was a failure, but it was a failure because quite frankly, someone had to, you know, once again, stick his thumb in there Ah! like, yeah, and and fuck it all up. I mean, you know, and (laughs) there were some other problems, you know, someone, someone didn't show up for a show for some God awful reasons. Um, uh, You know what, you know what happened. I won't explain it. They start the toothless aggression era. Yeah, something. Yeah. Well, that um, and also too, they built the whole brand about uh, around RVD, and RVD and Sabu got popped yep. for. <laughs> I mean, RVD had plenty. Of, yeah, he had plenty of marijuana yeah. on him. Like a so and, that's uh, bad. Yeah. You got the crystal so buckle. They, you know. they, they, yeah, they did a whole thing that 2006 uh, one night stand. RVD beats Cena for the WWE Fucking Championship, great. and simultaneously wins the you know, long vacated ECW heavyweight championship. And then, yeah, like they were going to kind of strap the rocket on RVD for a while. And he decides to fucking get popped all that shit in his car. I mean, it, unfortunately stuff like that, just like when we scream, push this person, push this person. And we do. And something dumb like that happens. Vince just goes back to everyone going, I fucking told you so. I need my squeaky clean Cena's. I need them. Like, because they won't fuck with me. They won't. He's not, he's not wrong. I will. Yeah. I will not wake up in the fucking morning and see, you know, 
this person busted, you know, Cena busted for, you know, uh, enough marijuana where they can bust him with an intent to sell, you know, fucking charge. And it's like, or enough cocaine, you know, to fucking. I need to get through the night, bro. Boston up for a day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I need a pound, bro. Exactly. It won't last me all night. God, bro. I got fucking irritable joints, bro. Mm. But yeah, so it's a, it's this whole era was so. When 2005 hit and they first did that ECW special, it, I just remember I was super stimulated as a wrestling fan because there was another reason in 2005 that we will talk about later. But just briefly, like I felt that WrestleMania 21, I first of all, I loved WrestleMania 21. To me, WrestleMania 21 is in my top five. Um, because they did so many things right. Like Hulk got put in the hall of fame. They paid tribute to him. Uh, you know, the first ever money in the bank ladder match took place. Uh, you know, they opened up the fucking show with Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Um, uh, we'll talk about another particular match later. I don't want to give away, but the rise of Batista and Cena was so noteworthy that I was like, like, wow, we only had to wait like three or four years for another boom period. I was convinced like, because Batista was everywhere and Cena was everywhere and they were so white hot, both those guys. And, but I feel that Vince kind of mishandled them afterwards, mainly because Batista got injured a, a little while after he won the title at WrestleMania 21. And so Vince, I think, lost a little faith in him. And Cena kept chugging along. So much, in fact, that Vince is like, look, I'm done fucking putting, you know, my faith in some of these people and they let me down. For whatever reason, Batista wasn't his fault. He got injured. But Vince was just kind of like, I need a guy that I can depend on that squeaky clean or whatever. And so he, then he rode Cena and it was about 2005, 2006 where Cena starts getting booed. Half the arena starts booing him. And that sucked because I, I would say, no, sorry. It was 06, 07. that starts <clears throat> happening. And, and I think it sucked because I think that's when, that's when the whole, you know, when we see Roman pushed down our throats now it's, Oh, they're trying to Cena us. It, it, that's when Cena became a thing. So to me, Cena took the sting out of the ruthless aggression era because Vince was shoving him so hard down our throats. And I get why he did Mr. Dependable, right? Mr. Fucking, Oh, he hurt this, his elbow. He's going to be out for eight months. Then two months later, he's fucking back. Like he's fucking robo Cena. So I understand why it happened, but unfortunately the mid to end of the ruthless aggression era was marred by people starting to get sick of John Cena and half the arena would start to boo him and it became a thing. And then it just, I, I hated all that because I'm like, this is a, this is a downhill slope and look where we are now. And that, that all started back here in like Oh five, Oh six, Oh seven with the shoving of Cena down our throat. But at the beginning of Oh five, Cena was super white hot. And so was Batista. And I thought, well, the brand extension just fucking worked. Like in my mind in Oh five, I was like instantly boom, brand How'd you do it, Vince? You're a fucking genius. Cena's going to run SmackDown as WWE champion. Batista's going to run Raw as World Heavyweight champion. Holy shit. And then maybe at that year's Mania or the next year, they'll fight or whatever. Like, you know, there's going to be like he did it. Wow. And then it just fizzed out. It just never again. Like I said, Batista got injured. The new talent that he brought in there. Um, what's that? Hassan guy. I always forget his name. Dave brought it up a couple episodes ago. Hassan. That, Hassan. Muhammad Hassan. Hassan. Yeah. Muhammad he, that that fizzed out and you could tell Vince was trying to push that Heidenreich was a big piece of shit um, uh, oh uh, Carlito Chris Masters they bring all these young guys in and we started to like them and then because Vince has to I have to initiate them I, I can't I have to break them down and build them up and all that and like they just kind of they fizzed out so it sucked because while all those good names that big list of names that Dave just read earlier was so like how can this be a 
how can this be an odd era? This was fucking great. Like, uh, it just, it was, and, and by the way, hard. you know, as Cus said earlier, every, almost every match was, you know, when this is one of the few eras where, um, at least from what I recall, and, and you're watching a lot of SmackDown at this point because Raw just couldn't compare. But if you watch the SmackDown, you know, just even just a SmackDown live event, not, not even a pay-per-view, um, there wasn't a bad match in there. Like everything, everything was the, what they call that night off. Everybody just flowed. Everything was good. The storylines were great. Um, there was, you know, with, uh, with the, with, with the era before that, even when they were in competition with WCW, there was a lot of shit. We talk about it a lot. There was a lot yeah. of shit underneath. Austin was so hot. It didn't matter. Right. So the rock was so hot that it didn't matter. As long as those guys were on top and they're trading off, um, accolades, nobody gave a shit about a birth of a hand. Nobody cared. They're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Commercial break. Up. It's all good. I'll go get a beer. Yeah. Right. I know yeah, Austin's that hand it'll, it'll, it'll and I think that, I think we forget that's how big The Rock and Austin truly were. Yeah, of course. And then we had we had those guys together, and it's like wow, like mm-hmm. you know, it was the I, trouble. The trouble. The trouble here is that there wasn't a bad match on any card, and storylines were good, but there was never someone that reached that particular accolade ever again. Ever again. I mean, that's it. You know, uh, Hogan and Macho is is up at that level, right? Um, Hogan Andre's stratosphere, you know, situations, but, um, you know, Flair has his moments as well, but, uh, this is, this is the last time you really had, uh, two guys on top that can carry, just, just carry an entire federation and have the whole world looking, looking at after, them through the tube. Yeah. You know? After it fizzed out and, and the whole scene started getting shoved down our throat and Batista kind of got, I don't want to say phased down. He won the title when he came back from his injury, but it was never with the push that he got when he turned on Triple H and and kind of became his own. And like it, it was never the same. Even though Batista is very popular, and I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think oh, all of that, course. but but yeah. at the same time, like it could have been so much bigger. I think it was a combination of Vince getting scared, and also Vince. Yeah, by this time he was married to the whole you like the brand. And, and that's it. I'm never going to let one wrestler get so much power like Hulk did or Austin did. I can't do that anymore because I'm burned every time. Like, so I think that, unfortunately, that's Burn what, me. to me, hindered that whole 2005 almost re-sparking of, like, a boom period. Because I felt it. <clears throat> I mean, Cena was on major news publications. So was Batista. Batista's an impressive-looking oh, yeah. motherfucker. And so is Cena. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, they have two of them now. Holy shit. Like, how did he do it? You know, 2005 was only a couple years, like I said, removed or three years removed from the whole Monday Night mm. War attitude era. How the fuck did he do it? And then, oh, Carlito comes in and like, oh, he's getting over a little bit. And, you know, people are responding to him. Chris Masters is starting to do well. And it just start. it's weird. And Raw, kind of like I said, was sort of soft this whole time Raw was. Yeah. Because Triple H was this heel champion on Raw, kind of holding the bookers down, Booker T's down, and, you know, all that. So yeah. it was just really odd. And by and the way, had- Carlito is still over pretty much wherever he goes. He's that good. Yeah, like, it's stupid. I don't know. Carlito's amazing. People like, oh, he yeah, had an yeah. attitude in the back. I'm like, well, I think he had an attitude in the back because, you know, you guys tried to fucking haze him a little bit. You, tried to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, they people, did. You could tell. You know, he'd, just, he'd already been wrestling for years, by the way. He'd been all over the world, that guy. It was, yeah, yeah. It's like I know he was forgot, young, but still. It's like Vince He's forgot what he it. used to do back in the 80s was he would steal from the territories. And right when he got those people, he would probably slap a new coat of paint on them, um, like, you know, a new character or whatever. But he would push them. Because he knew, like, oh, yeah, I got him. You know, I yeah, we yeah. make fun of Dusty being the polka dots, but Dusty was in high-profile feuds. With he, the, was well, he was over. He was in high-profile feuds with the boss man, with Macho Man, with DiBiase. Mm, yeah. Those are not, those are names that people know and that, that those feuds meant something. And, like, you know, so you could say what you want, but, like, he made, he knew I'm going to invest some, even if I'm going to fuck with Dusty and put him in the polka dots, I'm, I'm putting money into him, so I'm going to push him towards the top of the card, and he did. And it's just like, but but he Vince forgot, you know, well, no, Carlito's this young rookie, and I got to show everyone else in the locker room that I'm going to break him down. No, because you had him beat Cena early on, and he was over with the crowd. Ride that shit, bro. Come on. Like, what? But I... From that point, I realized, like, well, God, Vince just doesn't want to. You said this. You said this before, Jess. Um, Vince was very determined after the likes of Stone Cold and The Rock and things that, that left on him. He's like, I'm not. I can't. It might even be somebody else at that point. He's like, I will not um, let one person control my my you know my business again. It's gonna. It's not gonna be about one guy. So that's part of it. He never. He never really wanted somebody. And then at the end, I think he did with Cena. 
And by that point, everybody could see what was happening. And it was almost out of necessity that he had to ride Cena because of injuries. And Cena is very reliable and he doesn't miss dates. And every freaking every kid that ever fucking wanted to make a wish room got it. It's like fucking over 600 children now or something. So he holds a world record, you know, so he was Mr. Yeah. Reliable. So he he tried to go away from it and then he realized that he couldn't. And then he forced Cena down, uh, you know, in, into all of our into all of our crambits. Right. So he's just. It, it all it all phased out bad because he thought he can get away with just being a brand and not being because when you're pushing you're peddling you know sports even though you call it sport entertainment um, you somebody has to be on top that's just how and then you do two things you you create competition on your own which nobody believes that and then one of them's really bad anyway and then on top of it you you don't really you don't really commit to it you don't commit to for, it for every all one, those reasons. Mike- for every one Michael Jordan you have, you will have the young Kobe's and the young uh, LeBron's l- watching him and wanting to be him. And then you get them after. And I think Vince forgot that, you know, people, if they didn't look at Hulk and be like, I want that stardom and I want that money. They certainly looked at Savage and Steamboat and whoever. And there was always this other generation because you allowed certain people to kind of rise above. You had your Robert, your Jake Roberts and all those guys, but you did let Macho kind of rise above the clouds. Hulk was way above the clouds, but you let Macho rise above a little bit. You let the Warrior rise above a little bit. You had to. You had to put him. People might have gotten mad in the locker room that, well, Warrior Burley was any fucking experience. Well, you know, he's fucking, do you hear that? Did you hear he's, that when he walked over. out there? So Doesn't I got to use him, but I think Vince stopped doing that. It's like, did you hear that? Vince is like, yeah, but I haven't broken him yet. And rebuilt them. Yeah. I don't know, Vince, but did you hear them? Did you hear yeah, I did, but it's that they'll respond like that to whoever I tell them to respond like that to. And that's the way he is now. If you were in real if you're in real competition with real ratings against someone else, you wouldn't he would And who that. am I, you know, some fucking dispatcher to a construction company to critique probably the greatest wrestling mind ever? The it's always easier in hindsight, ever. right? You know, but at the same time, like I, I know what I like as a fan and I, I know the patterns and I, I think when you go through what Vince went through, I do not blame him for having the feelings that he had. But I think enough mm-hmm. years has passed to where he could look at that and be like, I probably should let someone, someone rise above the rest and try it again. I don't know why you wouldn't. Like, you're so controlled now. You're a publicly traded company. You have billion dollar deals from Fox. Like, so, you know, so you don't shot. you don't think Brock is that guy that he allows that to do like like Brock comes in and 10 title. No, I think no. I, that, having a, a limited contract is very different than having someone who is in in a common household name. I mean, I, 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 I get it. I get it. But, you know, that's what they do in boxing. I mean, those guys don't show up every week in, in box. Right. That the champions are they're they're UFC. waiting every three to five. You know, yeah, they're waiting but every couple of months to. I mean, yeah, like you're but, stone cold but, every night type thing, though. But the proof's in the pudding, though. Boxing is so bad now. But it's yeah, true. every now and then, when you, one, you, and UFC's fading, I'm not gonna but lie. But when one when one Floyd Mayweather shows up, it spikes because people want to watch yeah. him. And yeah, you know, when is. Manny Pacquiao will pop up, people will watch him. And it's just, it's the evidence is everywhere that you have yeah. to kind of get. And, a Bro- one, and uh, Brock is definitely that anomaly, man. It's pretty pretty interesting. But I guess yeah, I don't want to get off on a Brock tangent, but yeah. I mean, we'll talk about him later. I mean, he's part of yeah, that for sure. He factors. No, in. I'm saying I'm saying he's an anomaly. He's he's in a he's in a position where like you can't really you can't put him in a particular box. You can't say oh he's part of this, he's part of that. And it's, Brock is his whole. Whole other thing that we we haven't even begun to describe, and we, and we probably can't until it's all done. Uh, it's I don't know. We might look back. Well, I, on no, I think finally. without I question, know. Brock is a Brock is a Hall of Famer. I don't even think anybody. Oh, that's, argue. yeah, that's not even. Um, a question. But uh, but you know what though, Brock is not a good face. He never has been. No, no, he's not. no, he's and perfect. He's know. perfect doing what he's doing. Your your that that guy who breaks through that glass ceiling or whatever that has the Hulk magic or the Rock magic or the Austin magic. Or even to a certain extent, the Cena magic. I'll be honest. Got to. Um, you know, you just you, you, you gotta you gotta nurture when those guys come. You gotta you gotta fucking throw them through the glass ceiling. Like, but Vince won't do it anymore, and it's I don't think he'll ever will until he steps down. I don't think we're ever gonna see it again. Until, well, let's you know, let's, let's push let's push these last bit of notes through, and then um we'll we'll kick on to some yeah. some fond moments. But you know, back to that ECW era, it was ultimately a failure. We know why, but you have to understand that um you know it did produce stars towards the end of this era and into other areas like. CM Punk got to work a little bit. 
Uh, John Morrison was big, you know, and Miz got to develop. Now, obviously, Miz and Morrison are both back together again. Uh, and Morrison was able to travel all over the country in independent circuits and then uh, obviously some on TNA. And he's a, he's very impressive. He really knows what he's doing. Um, and that, those guys got the shine there on that ECW moment. But then in the summer of 08, uh, the ruthless aggression era instantly comes to a halt because WWE wants to be more kid friendly and starts to brand themselves as PG to distance themselves from that Jerry Springer, you know, edgy television that they had become known for. Right. Um, so it's, it's just different. It's, it, it, I, I don't know. I mean, you could, you could argue that um, it works because you're trying to cater to the kids. Um, I understand and, that. And, and a little company called Fox came and gave them a billion dollars. Well, like that was for, later, right? No, so, it was, I mean, that was, we're still technically in the PG era. They can lie and say they're not. Oh, of course. They want to, but yeah, I mean, like, but, but that's the track record. Fox has been watching them for like three, four years. And that was during the PG era period. It yep. lured them in. And and so you can't, how can you say Vince is wrong? It's like, we can bitch about this on their little podcast. So I will decide with Vince on this in that sense. Like they, you know, he did this on purpose and then he got a billion dollar deal out of it. A billion. <sighs> like, so I, Vince is laughing because he's like, whatever. <sighs> You guys, you know, you bitch at me for not putting the one Hulk up front or the one Rock or the one Cena or the one Austin, but I just got a billion-dollar deal. I got a billion-dollar deal when ratings are down, attendance is down. I don't know who's having the last laugh. I'm not entertained at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk That's- about some moments, man. Let's see what we got in here. What do you guys... The 2020 uh, What is this? What is this uh, we had, like, I mean, we're here, saying Jess. what? 02 to 08 is <clears throat> six years. So yeah. in a six-year yeah. span, like, we had all the stuff we talked oh about. But we had Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar left. He came in in 01, right? I think it was right after Mania in yeah, 01 he came in. Yeah. And then, no, or no, it was 02. It was 02, sorry. 02. Yeah, after he came in, yeah, he came in in 02, shortly after Mania, 18. And then he wins the title that summer. And then by 2004, WrestleMania, he left right after. He's done. Yeah. So he wanted to, be, wanted to be a fucking football player and then won some heavyweight championship in some little league called the UFC. And uh, but still, like, Les- they put some stock in Lesnar. You know, he was actually supposed to be the leader of that quote unquote ruthless aggression yeah. era. You can argue do, that's you can argue that's where Vince lost faith. In, it, oh, in Vince loved Lesnar. Vince loved Lesnar. And they really want and with Heyman kind of writing stuff for him in the back and being his manager. And, he, uh, you know, Heyman's the one who turned him face on SmackDown and had the best run with him as a face, you know, like, um. Uh, I just it's so crazy in that little vacuum, this ruthless regression vacuum that he came and went like it's weird. It's weird yeah. to think about. Yeah. It's, it's such a big part of our he's a big part of our wrestling lives now. But like, yeah, like in this Brock was only there for two years. So yeah. when he came back, when he came back, I don't remember what year he came back and, and you know, attacked Cena. But um, like P, the legend of Brock, that's how important Brock was or could have been, you know, like what year do we what year do we go to SummerSlam, Jess? 2013. Uh, that's what I don't remember. I don't 13. remember. Um, 2013. Ma- yeah, it was, like th- it was like 13 or 14 in Stable Center where Brock just pummels Cena for like 15 minutes. Oh yeah, it may have been 14. And takes takes it. I thought it was. I thought it was 14. No, yeah, it has to be 14. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, in, in my mind, you know that that was some, some heinous shit. And so uh, for, forget the fact that Lesnar kind of flared up and then burnt out. Goldberg comes in. Yeah, it does in the same thing. Yeah. In 2003 on the Raw brand, oh my and Triple God, H shits on him. Moment, by the way, Triple H shit again, again. No, he came from the competition. We have to break him down and build him up. Or you could let him beat everyone in 30 seconds like he did before and get super, super fucking over. And like, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just so weird, you know, like the way they did stuff on the raw side of things, which well, is this soured is, me. This pummels into that really horrid WrestleMania match because they everybody knew that they were both leaving and the crowd oh just God. took a giant shit on them the entire match. That was you know. Mania, yeah, 2004, Mania 20. And then Stone Cold yeah. stunned both their asses. And then yeah. I talked about the Cena and Batista getting crowned at WrestleMania 21. WrestleMania 21 to me was such a pivotal mania. And they both got crowned. They were both rising here. Both huge parts. Uh, Angle and Shawn Michaels. 
Let's talk about some matches. Have the same WrestleMania. Yeah. Angle and Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 21 is a fucking Amazing. piece of art. And like, yeah, it's like, God, I mean, how many, you know, pieces of art did both those guys create? Is it your, is it on your monument, bro? Pro- it has to be because, top four? I, because I don't know about top four mania match. Maybe, maybe. I, I mean, there's been a lot of good mania, match, very good mania matches. Sure. But I mean, like. But I mean, like that. You know, how many times have you put big names together and they're like oil and water? A famous episode yeah. that we did. Um, uh, but um, yeah, yeah. but like, but these the two archives. went together. They could easily have not. And I know I'm dealing with Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, so I know people are going to be like, Jess, come on. But I mean, come on. You back never, to you. you never, you never uh, know how many. Yeah, how many good big names have you seen and they didn't really live up? To the everybody, hype? everybody thought Flair and Hogan guys. was going to be a masterpiece, and it wasn't. Yeah, these two guys at Mania 21 fucking tore the house down and stole the show. And, and I, top 10 WrestleMania matches of all time. Easily, right? I mean, easily. You, you could debate me and get it in the top five for sure. But I mean, top 10. Jesus. So by the and by the way, speaking of this WrestleMania 21, this is the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match yes. at WrestleMania yeah, 21. So all this during the Ruthless Aggression era that we're talking so, about here, it's crazy. So those, those three items: Cena, Batista getting crowned. Actually, that's four, right? And then Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels, and then the Money in the Bank ladder match created by where Jericho. Do you, right? Where do you? Where do you? Uh, yeah, it was his idea. So that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where do you rank this WrestleMania? By the way, I'm just curious. I like I told you, it's in my top five. Yeah, not you don't, but you wouldn't say like top three. No, just right outside of it. Yeah, I would say top mm. five, but not top three. Because you got you got what uh, seventeen and nineteen, and what is it? I would say my in my top three. I mean, I'm not going to rank them right now, but in my sure, top sure. three, in my top three is three, seventeen, and nineteen in no particular order. I wouldn't yeah. put nineteen. I wouldn't put nineteen as my number one though. Um, so it would be between three and seventeen, 17 for my number one. Yeah, um, it's not it's not terrible. That's not a terrible choice. So twenty one's like your number four, probably more than likely. Like four right or five. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it pretty well, impressive when 12. you think about it. WrestleMania thirty was right up there. Oh, WrestleMania yeah. thirty WrestleMania thirty one was fantastic. WrestleMania twenty eight was fantastic. Uh yeah. you know, there's so many. But that's what I'm saying. To put to put twenty one in that kind of level, it's it, it is it shows you how I I love twenty one. And then like, you know, because Big for selfish time. reasons. <laughs> for selfish that's reasons. That's right. Hulk goes in the Hall of Fame in twenty one. <laughs> if, if you if you like Hulk Hogan and his beer can penis, go back and watch mm. WrestleMania 21 uh, when he goes out there and does a little thing and he runs Hassan off. Or whatever, with Hassan, save, brother. Saves Eugene. The celebration that Hulk has with that crowd. Dude. The, the celebration that Hulk has with that crowd in the Staples Center, it lasts for like five solid minutes, which is a long time yes. when you think about it. And like brother, that crowd brother. like was giving him some pops that I, I was like, wow. Like I don't even... 05 Hulk was way over the hill, you know, at that point. But the fact that he got Fuck. put in the Hall of Fame the night before and like go back and just watch it for that. And then you have everything that Dave just said. The first money to make ladder match, uh, Cena and Batista being crowned, um, you know, Angle, Sean, Jesus Christ. Like, and this is all in the middle of the the ruthless regression era. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and there's there's also a little little match over here with uh, Shawn Michaels and Shelton Benjamin. Oh, five. Jesus, that yes. raw match. Holy shit. Oh, the rest <laughs> tournament. God. Yeah, for those of you who don't know about that, that was on May second, two thousand five, on Raw. Two months after you WrestleMania go, twenty one, like you need, two months you after need, WrestleMania. Yeah, you need to go find that match and just watch it. Um, I, I mean, I the think, ending, the ending is super famous, but that entire match, it just showed how fucking good Shelton was. And how do you not? This is my part of the reason why. Jess, how come you don't think fondly of the? Well, because like they fumbled people like Shelton. He was given to you on a silver platter. I mean, the guy did spots in ladder matches, especially that you were like, what the fuck did he just do? What the fuck are we watching? Like, and then that ending sequence where Michael super kicks him is like, what the fuck? Like the whole match was genius from beginning to end. And it was like, what, I mean, what else do you need from Shelton Benjamin for fuck's sake? 
lean on your creative department to put some fucking effort instead of bringing his mom down to the ring, which is what they oh ended up doing, God, not his yeah. actual mom. But I mean, they're like, yeah, he came down with his quote unquote mom. And I'm like, what? That's the best you can do for this guy that can jump like without even trying. We think Brock's impressive from going from the floor, jumping to the apron. If Shelton wanted to, he could jump from the floor to the first rope, the first buckle, you know, the third buckle, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the top rope, but the third, that's how good he was. And he would do shit like that where he, I think the Royal Rumble that year when he ran in there, he just ran in and jumped in one leap onto the fucking top rope. You know, he jumped in the ring, ran yeah. across, jumped on the top rope and yep. belly to belly someone off it. And I'm like, in one, in one fluid motion, I'm like, this so guy has everything that you want, not to mention he was part of the world's greatest tag team before that. Um, oh, yeah. Like, but, but yeah, like, I, I, I'm like, how can you fucking, how can you miss with this guy? I know I'm stammering everywhere. Well, he, he also, all these, all these money that make matches, they, they made sure he was a part of him because he would just make them absolutely electrifying. You know, yeah, and the but the good. best thing they could do is to develop his character is uh, we'll put his mom out there with them. Fucking yeah, wow, so like wow, like find something <laughs> up, turn him heel, and give him man. If you need someone to talk to for him because you don't feel he can talk, fair enough. Then turn him heel and put him with the manager that can be his mouthpiece. Do not put him with his mama. What are you doing? Like Jesus Christ! Like yeah. God, damn uh, it. And uh, and to move on on that sour note, because Shelton's just a badass. We we love him. Uh, we also have the rise of evolution and a young man in the name of Randy Orton. It's pretty. This is I, this is my. It's not my horseman. I'm not going to say that. And but. another match at WrestleMania 21: Randy Orton against the goddamn Undertaker. Yeah, that was Randy a fantastic was, match. One of his best yeah, streak matches ever. Yeah, Randy Orton it's is one of my just Jesus. How is yeah, WrestleMania 21? Matches. It's it's my it's my new number one. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> you you won't say that. You won't say that. But it that's might. the thing. So the the you know evolution for those of you that don't know evolution you've, been, awesome. you've been you've been living under a rock for a while. This was Flair's like yeah, second coming of, of his horseman, you know, outside of WCW. So you've got Ric Flair, you got Triple H, you got Batista, you got Randy Orton. Randy Orton's the young buck, you know. Batista's the muscle. Um, you know, Triple H is kind of like the manipulator, and Ric Flair's kind of like the. He's 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 the king, you know. He's he's the old guy, but he's he he runs it. He's gonna run it. And this, in my opinion, was one of the coolest stables that I can remember. I know a lot of people don't give it a lot of praise, but I think it was a lot better than people remember. Um, and there's a there's a great scene here uh, where Randy does win the world title, and uh, they basically churn on him. So Evolution was this big whole thing just to churn on Randy and turn Randy face right away. And I thought it was, I, to me, I thought it was really another well problem that I had with raw because they botched the shit out of that. The it could have been, it could have been a done, lot better. Yeah. Well, it, what it should, first of all, you don't turn someone face by having the heels dump him in the sense of, I know they did that with sting in 1990, but that's because sting won a round Robin tournament when he was part of the four horsemen that granted him a shot at the world champion, which was Rick flair. And the so horsemen don't wrestle. Yeah, the Horseman's like, no, the whole point of this group is to protect Flair as champion. And Sting's like, bullshit, I'm young, I'm hungry, I want a rematch from you from two years ago, Clash of the Champion, I can beat you now. And Flair's like, no, so they kicked him out. That's a heelish thing to do. They kick they kick Randy Orton out. He wins the title from Benoit at SummerSlam 04. He yeah. becomes the youngest WWE, well, he's World Heavyweight Champion at this point. He becomes the youngest guy to win a top title, the World Heavyweight title. And... So instead of them keeping him heel and running Evolution and turning Triple H face, which would have worked because Triple H has the gumption, he has the mm-hmm. like the, the tenure to do that, and he could still lose to Orton, and you, it wouldn't hurt Triple H because he's Triple H. Like, they didn't. They did the whole storyline where Triple H got jealous of him, and they turned on him. And so it made Orton look like they just dumped him for no. Orton wasn't acting... Like he was gonna break up. If I'm mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, right? Orton wasn't acting like he was gonna leave. No, they or, they they yeah. put him they put him on his shoulders. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they were like celebrating and then, and then him. Triple, and then Triple up, H yeah. looks at him and up. gives a thumbs down. And then you know who's really in charge? Obviously, it's Triple H at yeah. this point, right? And Flair's just along for the ride. Yeah. Um, everything changes at that point. Um, I Orton's, personally, yeah. this is where I might disagree with Jess a little bit. I don't disagree with him much on this stuff, but I thought that this was a nice little twist because Orton's a champion and now. This hill faction is going after him, which you wouldn't expect, and it happens right away. I think they could have built it up for a while after, maybe a few hours no, later. I, I understand what you're saying, and maybe I don't disagree with that theory. 
Yeah, I I personally liked it because I was like, oh damn, now. But now but Randy what happened was I think Triple you know? H beat him within like a month. Yeah, like, he, he won the back. title and, or quick. never got it back, and like they just shit on him. And I'm like, what are it you doing? Flat. Like, yeah. Well, or, could we also you know, argue like, that some of that was on Orton stuff in the back? It could be. It could Backing be. Up. But here's my thing. Pooping in bags. I'm not saying you should allow somebody to run roughshod in the back and which he didn't be a cancer. But at the same time, like how many fucking different personalities did they have in the 80s when they brought people in? I, I get mean, it. People, I people get were it. Ba- Shawn Michaels would tell Vince to fuck off loudly in front of everybody. And Vince is like, oh, well, Michaels is my guy. Michaels is my guy. Like, I mean, it's just like, God, like, you know, like, I don't understand. Like, Randy Orton was immature. Yes. But mm. at the same time, like you, there's just ways you can fix that behind the scenes without it affecting the storylines. When you when you tell us this guy's important, and then all of a sudden it stops being important, and you just job him out, and we're like, "What happened?" Well, it's because behind the scenes he's shit in someone's bag. Okay, that does sound horrible, and you shouldn't have done that. But the sto- you want us to follow the storylines in front of the camera, right? So if you're gonna tell me one story and then shit on me a month later because you're like, "Well, this guy had a bad attitude," I I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, like I, you know, that video, that audio Just that leaked to Christian Bale, you know, at Terminator, going like, "Oh, good for you." Like, I mean, good like, I didn't you. want. Why did you have to do that? Like, I don't care what he's like. I don't care that Joaquin Phoenix was mean to people behind the scenes. I just like the fact that the Joker was a great Joker. Yeah, he was a great Joker. Right. Like, and I'm not saying you should abuse people, which he didn't. He was just in character. He's a method actor, right? And so, like, I'm not saying Orton was a yeah, method he actor because. I didn't know that the character Randy Orton loves shitting in bags, but I mean, like, but I mean, (laughs) my point is, is like, I liked the Joker performance. Right. And that's all I care about. I'm not judging that performance, but he was kind of a dick to the makeup people. I I don't know. Like, I don't care. So stop Orton from shitting in bags, punish him, fine him a lot of money. If you want to, that's totally fine. But that is your deal to do behind the scenes. When you're telling me a story, he's the youngest heavyweight champion. He this, he's that, he did, did, did. you got to fucking put some value in him and write him out because you're telling me the story that I need to be invested in him. Then when you have the boring old Triple H heel beat him a month later after you just went through the whole thing of having him beat Benoit and having him be the youngest champion and then H beats him and then Orton's just another face and they fade him out after that. Then he returns heel and kind of reinvents himself. And, you know, we see the Orton that we saw at Mania 21 against Taker. Um, I don't I just don't get it sometimes. And I think it it derails the company more than they know, like from a fan standpoint. I could be wrong on that, but that's my take from that whole Orton beginning era. Like, but it doesn't dis, uh, dismiss the fact that evolution and Orton that rise was a huge part of the ruthless regression era for sure. Yeah, no, it's it, it's fun stuff. I mean. Uh, and I think we saw some of the best of Randy at that point. And, and I think sometimes we see flashes of Randy again, but it's just, I feel like he was, you know, you're at the, once again, someone's at the crest of the wave and Randy just kind of missed that overall push. I mean, he's amazing in there. We love what he does, but it's almost like he's bored. Like there's, eh, there's nothing to do. You know, it's, I'll go out. Yeah. I'll pretend I'm, I'll, I'll pretend I'm hurt and do something fun for a night and see how it works. Oh, fuck it, I'll try it. And it's what he, it's what he did. You know, it's, yeah. I don't know. I, I can't explain Randy anymore. It's so hard because I love what he does and I find everything I, I find everything he does entertaining in there, whether it's Mike work or or in rig work. But we just we never got to a level we thought we'd see with them. I know. You part. know what? And I agree with what you said. And I, I felt that way for a long time. But, you know, I had to stop myself for a second. And, and you know, over the last couple of months, I've thought about Orton a lot for some odd reason. Um, and I was like, you know what? No, he's fine. Because I always say when people are like, man, Jake should have been world champion. You know, uh, uh, Mr. Perfect should have been world champion. Rude should have been world champion. And I'm like, no, they shouldn't have. They were fine. They're, they're right where you know they what? needed to be. I, I, I think Orton's lucky enough in the in the era of hot potato champions that he even won the title half as much as he wanted. He doesn't need to. And now I'm thinking like, God, no. Like, why am I putting that pressure on Orton? Maybe he was never designed to be the rock or this Austin or you know what I mean? Like maybe he wasn't and, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But I think for a long time, they kept trying to tell us that he was, for example, that first title that he won from Benoit. And then they ripped it away real quick because he's not ready. I'm like, well then don't do it to begin with. Like you knew what he was like before you put the title on him. His behavior didn't change. He's not ready, but Brock was, I mean, come on. 
Yeah, he wasn't Christian behind the scenes going and getting collections on the collection plate. And then once he won the title, he's like, where's a bag I can shit in? No, like <laughs> that, he was Orton before that and they knew who he was and they did it anyway. And then afterwards, they're like, well, behind the scenes, he's a problem. I'm like, he was the same problem before you put the belt on him. You knew what you were doing. So either commit to it in front of the camera and keep telling me that story and don't interrupt it or don't do it to begin with. It's fine if you don't. If Orton never won the title, it would have been fine. We would still be in the same place we are today. Let's be honest, we would have. Yeah, well, sure. Maybe this, maybe the actual first time that he won it, if he never won it, no four, would have been a huge deal. And you know, two years later or three years later, and we could be like, "Isn't it crazy that Orton was the next coming? He was the next Austin, or he was the next?" You know what I mean? We could be saying that right now, but because they're so hell bent sometimes on like, no. If they don't do this behind the scenes, they're not ready. Well, then don't even put them in position to be ready until you know behind the scenes they're good, right? Like, don't put someone that you know is an issue behind the scenes, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, and then put the title on him, and they'd be like, what a fucking immature dick he is as champion. I'm shocked. Really? You're shocked? Because he did weird shit before that. He lost his smile before that, so I don't yeah. understand why you're so shocked at this point. Like, smile, It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. So, anyway, I know I'm rambling on, but anyway. We got, yeah, we got one more guy that Dave loves. That Dave loves. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave loves this. Edge guy. wins the WWE title in January at New Year's Resolution. Revolution that was Edge's. To me, that's Edge's coming out party. He defined his oh, heel yeah. character there. Uh, you know, I, I distinctly remember him winning the title. And then on Raw the next night, they. Well, we have we have footage of Lita and Edge leaving the building, like you know where the uh, the wrestlers pull their cars into the yeah. back of the arena, and Edge is walking out. And I distinctly remember this interview, and he was cutting heel promo about how oh, I, you know, screw Cena basically or whatever. I cashed my money in the bank, whatever. And he turns around, and there's like a crowd uh, on the guardrail, like you know, watching the car, the rental cars coming in and out. And he looks up at them, and he holds up the belt. He's all, "There you go, you sons of bitches, you <laughs> stupid sons of bitches!" Like I laughed so fucking hard, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like. And they did such great stuff as the uh, live sex celebration show oh, yeah. with Lita. That was fantastic. That's and Cena came out and got a massive pop. And he, because he put the heel in his place and fucking edged in his boxers. Oh, yeah. and- Here comes Ray. Comes. This show may just get better. <laughs> Uh-oh. Wait a minute. His last fight of New Year's Revolution hit the, the edge. Metal briefcase and got himself. shit like you know so there's positive stuff coming out of this ruthless aggression area but you know for some odd reason i i look back on it now like i said in the beginning fondly but at the time i remember going like i feel you guys are right there but you just won't take the the top off the champagne you won't let it pop because vince is like nope 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 i gotta control it no 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 it's the brand it's the brand it's not it's not anybody one person it's the brand it's the brand if it is going to be one person, it's squeaky clean, Cini. It's squeaky clean. He's so clean, and he's got to come out. And yeah, it's just I don't know. I it's weird. I I look back now, and I really enjoy the ruthless aggression era. I really do. But I at the time, I was like, why wouldn't you let it explode? Like it it, it could be so good. It could be so much better than it was. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, they had they had all the talent in the world, and they they tried to split it up. They, you know, it's just. Like you said, you, sometimes you don't know what to do when no one's chasing you. And obviously the viewers don't know what to do when there's not competition. So what um, about uh, it, how badass Mark Henry was back then? 
Well, that's another. That's another freaking. You know, I, but I don't know when did, Henry of, do, uh, when did Henry do that promo with Cena? I think it was after Ruthless Regression, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, remember. that was. Yeah, that, no, that, that he was, was fucking. But he was, he was the, the, the the best work of him. The best work like of Big 06, Show. Yeah, that was that was all freaking Heyman. Yeah, that's true. That's all Heyman working those guys. I mean, you know, we it, no, nobody nobody made big men better than Paul Heyman at times, with the exception of. You know, Andre, you know, Andre kind of was just doing it himself. But, you know, there's a few big men that actually had worked like that. You know, Vader's another one. Bam Bam is probably underrated. But those big men would have had nothing um, to stand on. He he might have turned a few of those big men into Hall of Famers. Mark Henry shouldn't have been one. But you could argue that that time in the ruthless aggression era with Heyman puts him in there, you know. So there's things like that 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 are really good about it and. Uh, people that wouldn't normally have gotten a nod got got a decent nod and a decent work. So um, it's funny what what Heyman can get out of people. I think people really underestimate that about. I think about mainly Paul. now that I'm thinking about it, I'm mainly frown-ish on the ruthless aggression era because I feel there's no reason the first brand extension should have failed. When you right. look back and look at all the names and look at everything. It's crazy. I don't understand how it failed. They just became impatient, I think, and they just gave up, and I don't know yeah, why. And, started and like, yeah, it's weird. It was really weird. When you look back at all the talent, and, and how the fuck did the first brand extension fail? I don't know. I don't I don't have an answer. I'm legitly asking. I don't know how it I don't know how it could. How in the world could it have failed? Yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Any any other uh, fond memories you have, Cuz? I think you got some listed there. Yeah, Cuz has got some. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> well, Mark Henry obviously was one of them. Uh, I I enjoyed uh, Hogan and Taker during that era. Remember when uh, the feud went? Might, remember when you, you might be the, the only one? <laughs> I I love it. Remember when he dragged Hogan on, on the, the bike? bike? Yeah, on the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> no, bro. Oh, what about Flair and Edge though? Flair, well, a lot of uh, stuff. Yeah, Flair's icy title run. That's a good yeah. point. Flair's icy title run was really good. Um, Flair's retirement, I think, came within that era, right? Oh, actually, maybe not. He might have came Damn, like after. You know what I'm trying to remember also, and I can't remember the same time frame. Excuse me if it wasn't when. Um, I mean, Edge created "You Suck" and the sure. stuff about about uh, you know. Yeah, he had the car. Yeah, he's like, look at this picture. What do you think? And he's like, oh, this, you know. Oh yeah, Angle shaving his head or getting his head shaved by Edge and all that. That was yeah. really good. Um, that was a good, that was a really good feud. Uh, but like the the, the, cue, uh, the cue cards in the back with Edge and, and Angle. And, I know and, like, this is really super that. like lame, but like the whole uh, three minute warning with oh, Bischoff yes. was really yeah. good. Like, the wedding they were killing. They were fucking killing great. Good. The three wedding. Minutes. I the this, wedding was was it didn't have the direction it should have had, but. The the wedding to me it got like that attitude era pop when oh, Bischoff yeah. took off that prosthetic oh, mac and he's like did somebody say three minutes that crowd <laughs> popped legitly yes and like it was, it was awesome amazing. I was like wow it was the whole wedding was misguided and it was just a stupid attempt to show that they were okay with gay people but they didn't like they didn't do it right they just sort of did it like in the end the people that were that were supposed to be gay getting married were like no. We're not gay. We're we're not. You know, it's like, like, okay, you lead us in. You lead the whole country in. You do. They did huge advertising for that wedding. And it was a big deal. And like bring it. It's going to be a gay wedding and all this stuff. And you bring them in only to have the principals go. Oh, no, we're not gay. That would be silly. Like, no, the whole angle was supposed to be that you get people to accept that. Like, it's just weird the way they did it. Like, they just they didn't know what they were doing and they did it. But in that vacuum, in that moment. Bischoff got a massive pop when people realized that he he did so good in that makeup. Like you just didn't like minute. I didn't even know it was him. And then he's like, whether the marriage lasts three years, three <laughs> months, or three minutes. And then he stopped and he stood up straight because he was all he's crinkled like, over like an old man. But he stood up, he's like, wait a minute. Did I just hear myself say three minutes? And the whole fucking place went nuts. And like he took the mask off or the, the prosthetics. And I mean, people went nuts. I was like, wow, like that whole moment. That I was, was like, I felt great. that pop. And I was like, yes. that reminded me so much of the Attitude Era. That was so crazy. Wait a minute. Did I just hear myself say 
I think that's a perfect way to end this right in this session, man. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. Catch us on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and was it Twitcher? Stitcher. (laughs) Stitcher. Did Dave say Stitcher? All right. This is Dave Cuz. Chess with the OWP. Have a good one. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode of our wrestling podcast, The Ruthless Aggression Era. Great moments and great matches from that era. And, you know, there was a few moments and matches that we actually forgot to go over. Uh, One of the matches that I wanted to mention was a number one contendership match for the WWE Championship on SmackDown, December 5th, 2002. It was Angle versus Edge versus Eddie versus Benoit. If you want to talk about the wrestling from that era... I don't think there's any four guys better than that that can show you exactly how great the wrestling from that era was. Go back and watch that match. SmackDown, December 5th, 2002. Another one, Edge versus Jericho in the main event in a steel cage. That's from the July 25th edition of SmackDown 2002 as well. And, you know, 2002 was just the year that kept kept on giving as far as uh, in-ring action goes. On Raw, October 7th, 2002, you actually had TLC4. This is where Kane defended the tag team titles by himself because Hurricane was attacked by Triple H and Ric Flair earlier on in the night. And this was also when they did the Raw Roulette. So they got to you know, spin the wheels that night uh, throughout the night for stipulations for matches and everything. But because the Hardys were split because of the, the brand the brand split, Bubba and Devon were split, and uh, Christian uh, didn't have a partner, Bischoff actually allowed Jeff Hardy and Bubba and Christian each to pick their own partners. So it was Kane defending the tag titles versus RVD and Jeff Hardy, Bubba and Spike, YTJ, and Christian. Great match. You know, great installment to the uh, the TLC matches. Uh, the first TLC on Raw. It was a great match. I suggest you go back and watch it. All those matches from the Ruthless Aggression era. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. And I just wanted to remind everyone, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube. And now we are proud to announce that you can also find us on iHeartRadio. That's right. Our wrestling podcast is now available on iHeartRadio. This is Cuz with our wrestling podcast. See you next time.